Hello guys and welcome to the Peaks and Valleys podcast. On this podcast, we talk coffee, culture, and mental health. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Ridgely. What's up guys? My name is Kyle. So glad you're joining us and I hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, Peaks and Valleys fam? Welcome to another episode of the Peaks and Valleys podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins, and I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Kyle Ridgely. What's up? You know you love it, Kyle. You, <laughs> you, you know you love the you introduction. Know. You know. Um, glad to be back with you guys. Um, today, we have a um, special guest. Um, before I introduce our guest, um, what we're going to be talking about today is uh, diet and health and, and physical fitness, physical exercise, uh, making sure we're taking care of ourselves in that way. And you might be asking, why are on a podcast where we talk coffee, culture, and mental health, are we talking specifically about this? The, the main kind of foundational thing of this is we know that our, our physical and health life directly connects and impacts our mental health life. And so this is just um, framing this in a, a better holistic approach um, to our mental health, um, taking care of our physical bodies, um, the way we eat, making sure we're getting exercise, just as much as we're taking care of our mental health. And so we have a, a friend of ours, a guest, uh, Jared Owen. Um, he has a lot of expertise um, in this area. So, Jared, I'm just going to give the reins to you and let you introduce yourself. Um, you know, just tell a little bit about yourself and some knowledge you have and, you know, whatever we, you want to share with us, man. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Jared Owen. Uh, so that everyone doesn't know, think I'm a quack. I do have my uh, National Academy of Sports Medicine personal training certification, uh, precision nutrition, sports nutrition certification, and my CrossFit Level 1, and currently still trying to rack up more and more certifications as we go. Uh, on here today, I'm mostly going to discuss uh, physical fitness training, exercise, and why movement is going to make you feel a lot better from the ground up, and how it's kind of an injection of feel-good hormones as well as helping your overall mental state by helping support a good microbiome in the body. And on top of that, we're going to dive deep on nutrition and how diet greatly affects your microbiome. And as we're going to learn, the microbiome is one of the most key factors of supporting mental health and allowing hormones to balance. And so, yeah, we can dive into it from there. All right, man. Thank, thanks for uh, coming on with us and just um, sharing um, just your experience and um, just the the knowledge and expertise you have, we appreciate it. Um, um, and I, I think our listeners will glean some um, encouragement and just some really good good knowledge, you know, from this. And some next steps and how to live a healthy life, you know, how these things connect. So thanks again, man, for for being on here with us. And Kyle, I'll just hand it off to you just to get this conversation started. Yeah, for sure. And uh, 
uh, Jared, thank you so much for hopping on with us and no giving us your time. And uh, I don't know too much about this stuff. It, from, just from an overarching aerial view, I know how it affects um, a good, healthy balance of diet and physical activity does mm -hmm. help our brain and does help our mental status. But we wanted to bring somebody on here that could really give us the nuts and bolts and the really uh, full overview, if you will, all the details in between of what it looks like to have that healthy life balance and how it affects the brain. Um, so with that, uh, how would you say that uh, the correlation between the brain and the gut health uh, kind, of, kind of work and what that means uh, in, in the grand scheme of things? Uh, yeah, so really up until about two or three years ago, I was mostly in the physical fitness realm. One, to make money, and two, to look good. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's what everybody gets into. Mm -hmm. No one is going to deny that they don't want to look good. Uh, so I kind of <laughs> got into it for that reason, and then I also got into it for the reason of having Crohn's disease, which is a uh, gut disease, and basically it's just it affects your uh, gut to the point it's an autoimmune disease and causes ulcers. Uh, internal bleeding, random lacerations, uh, fistulas, which you don't want to Google, and a bunch mm -hmm. of other stuff, and basically takes a massive toll on your gut, and really what it is is just a gut imbalance. It's an imbalance of your microbiome, meaning the balance of good and bad bacteria inside of you, and so up until that point, I wouldn't have even touched this topic. I wouldn't have known anything about it, but coming off of my medication, I was on immunosuppressants uh, since the age of 14 up until about uh, 2016. That would, have, that would have been about six years. Uh, so really, up until about 2016, I was on these immunosuppressants, and my biggest goal was to come off of them. I didn't think I needed them. I was doing CrossFit twice a day. I thought the harder you worked, the better you would feel and all that stuff. And yeah, uh, exercise definitely plays a drastic role in allowing you to feel well, move well, because if you can't move and you hurt and you're tight, you're not going to feel good. Hmm. You, you feel good as you hold yourself. And then on top of that, more so the internals, are your diet going in and affecting that microbiome, which has been found to send and uh, send neurotransmitters up to the brain to affect the brain directly, and they've actually found gut bacteria in the brain. Mm -hmm. It's such a tight-knit system. People think, well, my gut is my gut, and that's it. No, your gut is your entire body. The human body's covered head to toe in bacteria, and if you think of a house, you might see the outside and the walls, and that's what everybody focuses on, but the microbiome is what is traveling inside the house. It's the wiring, it's the studs, it's mm. the thing holding mm. everything together and allowing it to live in a healthy state and do what it needs to do. So going off from there, let's go to physical training first because um, it's actually, surprisingly, the shortest topic on this. Uh, so physical training, really, it's you want to move because it's... The way I see it is humans are goal-oriented, and everyone feels like they're constantly losing the day if they have a crappy day at work, uh, they come home to a dirty house, they don't feel like moving or doing anything, and then everyone knows that when you leave the gym, you feel better. And it's the same thing as if you clean your car, you clean your house, or you have a great day at work, and things just go right everything seems to just fall in place. And the easiest way to get that win for the day and start that domino effect is to just go to the gym and move. Even mm -hmm. if you're not doing it correctly, even if you don't know what you're doing, as you go in, you do it. And when you leave, you felt like you won. Mm -hmm. And that drastically, that instantly increases the dopamine, increases more importantly, the serotonin, which is mm -hmm. that long, good, 
long-lasting feel-good hormone yeah. that pr- builds and snowballs over time. Can you? Uh, I don't want to interrupt you, but could mm-hmm. you explain uh, to me uh, dopamine and serotonin for our listeners and what that what that means to the body and the brain? And... Yeah. So, from my limited knowledge on uh, those biomechanics, is dopamine is that I got a like on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you check your phone, you get a text message from someone. Dopamine is that fast, quick adrenaline rush very short-lived and everybody's chasing it it's why social media is so addictive but Mm -hmm. also so Mm -hmm. detrimental because it has you constantly chasing that fast Mm -hmm. feel-good and while working out does give you that fast feel-good and adrenaline shot it's not long-lasting serotonin on the other hand is i finished college or i got that job Mm -hmm. or i built that house it's Mm -hmm. that i strained myself and worked and worked and worked towards this goal and watched it come to fruition over time and serotonin is that thing that's going to last. It's that thing that's going to constantly mm-hmm. help you build mm-hmm. and build and build and stay in a good state. Because mm-hmm. dopamine is only going to last you for as long as that hit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you may have got a text message from someone you really, really enjoy. Five minutes later, that feel-good feeling is mm-hmm. going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And I like to think that like, dop- dopamine is motivation, mm-hmm. and it's not always there. Mm-hmm. And serotonin is that thing that you grind through. And you'll notice as the harder you grind and the further you get along with a goal you notice that constantly every day feels easier and easier. And it's because that serotonin's building up and mm-hmm. building up and building up. Mm-hmm. And that's the easiest way I know how to put it without going mm-hmm. into like biochemistry, yeah. which even I don't really want to touch yeah. and yeah. misinform anybody. But yeah. Yeah, that's a sure. that's a general overview of why you want to strain for serotonin over dopamine. Yeah, yeah But you can sure. use dopamine to get you going. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a question for you, Jared. And I think this is, you know, in our pre-talk, this is something that you had mentioned. Um the word you used was goal setting, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, you were talking about, you know, you graduate college. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that serotonin. Like, you, you build this house, you know. You set this goal to build this house. Mm-hmm. Serotonin. Would you say that... I, I know a lot of people in, in their, their fitness goals mm-hmm. or their fitness journey, they, they set these goals, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so would you say, um, at the end of your fitness journey, you reach whatever goal you've set, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're on a better path to a more holistic kind of better mental health, you know, opposed to just going to the gym and not really having a goal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely correct. And what I would say in that fact is a lot of people, they just go to the gym and then they lose motivation. You've got all the new year newbies Mm -hmm. who are going to the gym and then they fall off so fast. And the reason they fall off so fast is because they don't have a goal in sight. Mm -hmm. And that goal can be anything. And the easiest goals I like to throw out to people is like, hey, sign up for a Spartan race, sign up for a 5K. Um, If you're not signing up for either of those things, just because the cardio is not your thing, you don't want to go run, that's perfectly fine. Set a goal to do something physical, whether it be you want to be able to pick up a certain amount of weight, you want to be able to put a certain amount of weight over your head, Hmm. you want to lose a certain amount of inches, you go in and you keep moving towards that goal or else you just wander around mindlessly. Hmm. It's living Hmm. a life with no direction Hmm. and you can't shoot an arrow at anything. Hmm. Right. So you definitely need to set a goal and set an attainable goal. You can Hmm. set a 10-year or 15-year goal, but do not go to the gym 100 pounds overweight or 100 pounds above where you want to be and say, all right, in a year, I'm, I'm going to be down 100. No, first, that can be your long-term goal. That can be your general movement. 
but set yourself a short-term goal of I want to go to the gym for 15 minutes three days a week. Mm-hmm. And then I want to go to the gym five days for 15 minutes. I want to go for 30 minutes five days a week. And you set that and you build that routine and that consistency, and that's going to pave the path to actually reach the goal. And I think that's where a lot of people fail. But, yeah, you do definitely need some type of goal or attainable asset in mind to work towards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, The the next thing um, I want to hit on um, before we take a a quick break – so, so you're talking about movement, setting goals. Um, you know, we, you know, we've established that, that foundation. Um, so, for somebody that is kind of moving towards wanting to get a good physical exercise routine, mm-hmm. but they've never really done it. Um, they know it would be good for their mental health. Mm-hmm. They, they want to pursue having a good physical life. But again, they, they just don't have the foundation yet. They don't know where to start. Like, what are some like just foundational, basic? How do you how do you start moving? How do you start on this journey of good physical fitness? Yeah, for sure. And like from the get go, I do not frown upon any form of physical fitness. If Zumba if Zumba's your thing, you go and you do Zumba. You sign up for a class. You've got an instructor. You have at it. Enjoy it. Uh, you want to get to a spin class, you want to do kickboxing, MMA, anything like that. All movement is movement, and I support all of it. Um, so I, I don't want to frown upon that, but let's say it's someone who's just wanting to go to the gym. They're paying their $15 membership, and that's all they have. Um, they're shy. They don't want to be in a class setting. So for those people who have absolutely no background or knowledge of how to get into this thing, uh the easiest thing, obviously, and it's what most people end up doing is they go to the gym and they jump on the treadmill or the bike or the elliptical and they just go for days on there and they don't see any uh, they don't see any progress. They might drop a couple pounds and feel better, and you definitely should. That's better than nothing. Moving's better than sitting. Um, so what I would say to them is uh, first, one website I really like that's super easy to follow, and when people go there, disregard the jacked dude who's plastered all over it. His name's uh, <laughs> Corey G, and it's CoreyGFitness.com. Um, but he has a ton of super cheap programs, and I think it's like $7 a month. And you have access to literally hundreds of programs that are four weeks long, mm-hmm. and it tells you the exact reps. You use a weight that you can manage. It tells you the exact movement, the exact reps. Um, you can go for bodybuilding. You can go for deadlifting. Um and really, you only need a plan for if you're moving weights. You don't need a plan to run. The plan for running is to run. Mm-hmm. Do you want to learn how to run? YouTube, proper form on running, um, and just get into it. And that's why I think a lot of people automatically fall into the category of cardio is because it is easy. You just go and you move your legs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really need to go over that. So I 100% support cardio. So if you go to this website... Super cheap. You go in there, you download one of the programs, and you just get to moving. Um, if you don't know how to do the movement, just YouTube it. There's a million people on YouTube teaching you how to do proper movement. You YouTube them all real quick or even at the gym when you're before you do that movement. And then that avoids anyone who's an introvert. They don't have to talk to anybody. They have YouTube telling them how to do the movement, and you just go do a weight that feels a little difficult, but that you manage to do the movement all the way through mm. without almost dying by the end. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So you want to feel like you did some work, but you want to feel like you could have done three or four more or five or six more reps mm-hmm. at that weight. Mm-hmm. Only whenever you have a comfortable like knowledge base under you do you want to be pushing where you barely are obtaining that last rep. When you're just getting started, just move that weight that feels comfortable and feels like you could have done a, dub- a couple more reps than what was written on that workout plan. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another easy barrier to entry is just look up. Uh, if someone wants to do something a little bit less impactful, you can do yoga. Um, I highly support mobility, and if you're going to be strength training, and following any of these programs. Um, but before we jump into that, let's go back to the strength training. So cardio-wise, yeah, just run. You run. Next time you try and run a little farther, you run a little farther. And I like the run-walk method. You run until you're tired, you walk a little bit. You run until you're tired, you walk a little bit, and you set a 30 or 45-minute goal. And then uh, on the strength training front, there's the three main lifts that I think are the best for wellness, and that is the overhead press, the deadlift, and the squat. Because as you get older in life, doing a bunch of bench press is not going to keep you out of a retirement home. The thing that's going to keep you out of a retirement home is one bigger, your mobility to be able to turn and twist and move and be able to go to the mailbox, be able to take care of yourself, take showers, not be dependent on anyone, which is a lot of mobility, but it's also your strength. And more importantly, it's your leg strength. Hmm. Um, If your legs are not strong, how are you supposed to walk? And as your body deteriorates, as we get old, which is inevitably going to happen, you're going to have a bunch of muscle wasting. And the only way to combat that is to build muscle now and maintain that muscle through long life. And so whenever you are old, you're still able to go and watch your grandkids. You're able to pick them up. You're able to move. And that's only going to be obtained through strength training and not cardio. Hmm. Um, Cardio I love. Great cardiovascular system is definitely important. You shouldn't neglect it. You shouldn't only lift and you shouldn't only run. The best thing is to do a little bit of everything and constantly vary yourself and take on new obstacles because the human body and mind like challenges. Hmm. And overcoming a challenge also affects your mental state and progressing affects your mental state. And it's when you become stagnant and fall back is whenever you start to get depressed. Hmm. So I would definitely say uh, YouTube uh, can teach anyone how to do a better form than 90% of the people who are just going to go in there and wing it. Um, Coming from a CrossFit background, I do highly recommend just looking up CrossFit and then the movement or whatever movement you're trying to learn and CrossFit. Usually they have a 60-second video demonstrating that movement on YouTube. It's completely free. You can also do the same with another group that I follow called Barbell Shrugged, and you can just type in the movement and their name, and they have like 10 or 15-minute videos excruciatingly breaking down every single movement and anything that can happen to you and ways to do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want to YouTube it and you are an extrovert and you just want to jump in there, you can ask anyone in the gym for help or ask them if they'll show you how to do anything. People that work at the gym, you can ask them to help you. Um, because if I've learned anything being in this industry, it's that the guys lifting heavy weight really enjoy it when people ask them for help because it makes them feel like Superman. Um, so get in there and ask people. No one is going to say no. And if they do, that's perfectly fine move on and ask someone else. Maybe that person's just having a bad day, but 99% of the time that person's going to love to help you and show off the fact that they know how to lift. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was really glad you, you hit on, um, you know, kind of that future mobility thinking, mm-hmm. you know, um, like that, that was a great point, um, that we also talked about, you know, was, um, thinking about the future, you know, and taking care of our physical health now and 
thinking about when we're, you know, when we get older, our muscles start to deteriorate. Like, have we taken care of our bodies, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, great mm-hmm. stuff, man. Um, we're going to take a quick break, um, and we will be right back at, at you. All right, guys, we are back with you um, talking about um, our mental health as it relates to um, our diet and our physical health and how those are related, um, talking with uh, Jared Owen. Um, And I will go ahead and just let Kyle bring us back around to what we're going to dive into next. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, thanks, uh, Jared, for giving us all those points about movement and how important it is um, and just the longevity of it and also Mm -hmm. future focus. Like, you want to have a destination for that. I think that's awesome. I think anything in life, really, you want to try to have a destination or a next step, if you will, Mm -hmm. to reach that goal. I think that's so important. But with that, with movement um, and exercise and physical activity, um, we know that while that is important there's also another factor to that which is diet and what you eat and what you put in your mouth what goes into your gut and how that correlates with the brain and how those connect and the brain and gut health and how they Mm -hmm. they they work together in a sense so tell us a little bit about that and how important that is in that in that regard yeah so when i first started looking into this is mostly because of my uh, gi illness and Mm -hmm. being on immunosuppressants now that i look back to it being off of it and having such a crappy gut for a long time i was a super unhealthy kid ate a lot of crap Mm -hmm. and developed this disease over time and it finally woke up and then i got hit with it and was hospitalized for three weeks Um, my bladder and colon were fused into each other and growing into each other which can happen and that's an internal fistula And they put me on immunosuppressants to get that to stop and grow away from each other. And that kind of ripped my immune system's play out of my entire body uh, to let my body do its thing without being hindered. And so I did get healthy off of the medication. And I think that pharmaceuticals definitely have a use when and where they need to. But then ultimately I came off of it and had excruciating pain whenever I came off of my uh, immunosuppressants. Uh, Mm -hmm. Severe gut pain, couldn't eat anything, dropped weight. Um... And so I looked into it and finally found this thing called the GAPS diet, and it's the gut and psychology diet, which then led me to this uh, Dr. Campbell McBride, which is this German doctor. And the more I read her book, uh, The Gap Diet, or The GAPS Diet, um, big book, yellow cover with a bunch of road signs on it, but read into it, and then she dived super deep on how uh, imbalanced gut, meaning the good and the bad bacteria are imbalanced, and you have way more bad than good, uh, can cause a lot of issues. Uh, and she originally wrote the diet specifically for a Down syndrome, PTSD, anxiety, a bunch of different things like that. Because they're, uh, she worked closely with psychologists, and they couldn't fix some of their patients. And so she went into it and tried to deal with it, and noticed a huge uh, correlation between a bad gut and also mental illness of mm. various kinds, severe mental illness. Um, turns out, it also works for fixing the gut. Um, mm. So I went and dived into that. And ended up on this really weird regimen of meat broth and fermented foods and organ meat, bone marrow, and basically everything that everyone doesn't eat now, but we ate up to a couple hundred years ago. Hmm. And then the freezer and cans and industrial food became a huge thing. And now our nutrient density, um, foods full of rich vitamins and minerals, 
are being depleted and we're not eating as much of. So not only are they depleted because of our the way we farm now, but they're also just not being ate. Mm-hmm. People are picking up a bag of chips rather than they are a nice cut of meat or better yet, liver, heart, kidneys, mm-hmm. um, all of that stuff. And a full plate of vegetables go along with it as well as fermented vegetables because back in the day, you didn't have a freezer. The only way to keep things was to ferment it. Mm-hmm. So we had this rich diverse microbiome in our gut and now we don't have it anymore so that's leading to a lot of rise in mental illnesses and i'm not going to go i'm not going to stamp my name on it and say word for word that is why there is a rise but it is a pretty strong correlation that the crappier diet's gotten Mm. there's been a vast rise in mental health issues Mm. as well as just overall wellness of human beings i mean every other person in america is on pharmaceuticals at this point me included um so basically diving into that, how does this come into play for the average Joe? So how does this person who doesn't have gut pain and can eat pizza and Chinese food and whatever they want five days a week, why should they care about this? Okay, because that stuff compounds over time, and not only that, it affects your children. Hmm. Your genetics directly go to your children. Well, I'm not having kids. Okay, well, don't you want to live a better quality of life? Mm-hmm. So if we go into that, what are some action items that are spoken in a little bit more English than what I've been saying? Um, so when we get into this, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, that's just the expertise coming out. Yeah. So yeah, this is just years of me trying to fix myself and wanting to stop being in pain all the time, being able to sleep. So going into that, uh, what should this look like for people? And the easiest action items I've learned through my nutrition courses, as well as my own experimentation with my body is, all right, let's look at your plate. What does your plate look like? All right. Um, is it a bunch of Tostinos? Is it a microwavable pizza? or an oven pizza if you're super fancy um is it to-go meals is it frozen meals all right cool let's look at that uh and actually let's not look at that let's change it so let's say you're making a plate of food and you don't know how to cook youtube is your best friend youtube how to cook everything youtube whatever you want to learn you're going to learn it really fast um so let's break down into portions what you should be eating the easiest way for me to describe that to people is three meals two snacks Uh, What should your meal look like? All right, on average, and this is, I'm going to generalize so everybody can take this away and move with it, change it to where you feel full. And I'll tell you what to feel full on later. Um, So let's say you take your hand. All right, now you ball a fist and you take a fist. That is how much vegetables you should have on each plate. All right, now how much protein should you have? And I don't care about the source of protein, I just care that it is protein. And by protein, I mean animal meat. And there's going to be a lot of vegans yell at me i'm not a vegan i've never practiced it well i did practice it for a couple months and my crohn's disease actually absolutely hated me um there's a lot of power in meat by ethically raised meat source local if you can do whatever you can um i know everybody's on a budget so just buy whatever ethically raised meat you can or at least meat in some form or factor people are worried about sick meat and the more i've read into that animals are like humans we have a filtration system the things that don't have a filtration system are plants you put pesticides on a plant and you wash it off you're still going to have a lot of crap left on that plant so spend your money on organic vegetables and then buy meat all right so let's go on to meat so we've got our vegetables which is a fistful we're going to look at we're going to open our hand and the palm of your hand is the size of meat you should have so take the thickness and the width, the round palm of your hand, and that's about the portion of meat. On average, it's like half a chicken breast, 
uh, basically a burger patty size source of meat on that plate. And if we turn that hand into a cup, like we're going to cup water with one hand, that is the amount of carbohydrates, potatoes, rice, beans, quinoa that you should be having. And then the last and most important in my eyes is fat. And that fat is going to be your thumb. So if you make a thumbs up, that size of your thumb is how much fat you should be taking in. Um, I don't really tell people the what they're cooking with to use. People will be like, oh, well, I used a thumb's worth of butter or whatever to cook this in. Disregard that. So let's say you had those vegetables. Whenever you're done with it, pour a little bit of like uh, grass-fed butter or ghee or a little bit of uh, olive oil, just straight olive oil on those vegetables with a little bit of sea salt and eat that up. And that's going to make sure you're getting a well-balanced uh, macronutrient profile on each plate. So that's three meals a day, and we're going to come down to snacks. Snacks is either a thumb of fat and a palm of protein, or it's a palm of protein and a fist of vegetables. You're not doubling up or adding any more of those carbs for snacks because that's just you don't need that. You're going to be feeding in too much energy that you're not expelling. Um, because most of the carbohydrates gets turned directly into some form of fat on the body. And so now let's say someone's eating that full cycle. They have two snacks, they have three meals, and they're still not full. In my book, you cannot eat enough meat and vegetables to get fat. The only way you're going to get fat off both of those, of those things is if you're drowning it in some type of fat like butter or oil, or you're, that's pretty much it that'd be the only way those two things could make you fat. And it's not that those two things won't make you fat. It's the fat and carbohydrates being in balance that are going to make you fat. So that's what a plate should look like. All right, now let's get into cooking method because this is actually hugely important for the gut. Um, people should not be eating denatured fats. What do I mean by denatured? I mean a fat being raised to its smoke point and which causes the fat molecules to break and shatter and become denatured. And that means it's unusable to the body. When that enters the body, it's basically seen as a carcinogen, which is what causes cancer. It's the same as smoking a cigarette. Mm -hmm. So vegetable oils, throw them out. Canola oil, no safflower, sunflower, any of those oils. Vegetable oil of any kind besides olive oil, no. And don't cook with olive oil. Olive oil smoke point is way too, way too small for you to be able to use it and not denature it. What cooking fats do I approve of? Ghee. I love ghee. Butter. Butter's great. Um, I would prefer ghee over butter because it does have a higher smoke point. Avocado oil is great. Coconut oil is also good. Um, those are pretty much, you can get them anywhere, and I would stick with those. If we go into any super weird stuff like I use, I use beef tallow, duck fat, um, pork tallow. Um, people might get a little uh, alienated by those. Mm, no one no one really gets alienated by ghee. I am I am interested by those. Wait. What's the what's the replacement like of those mm -hmm. fats that you found? Like, what's the is there any benefit to using those kind of fats or? Oh yeah, uh, the benefits of animal fat are just that they drastically soothe and comfort and help the gut rebuild. Animal fats. Um, I drink a lot of broth. I make a lot of homemade chicken, beef stock, um, bones or uh, bone broth. And I drink that because basically it has all the amino acids and peptides and everything you need inside of them to rebuild the gut lining. Hmm. So if I'm having a flare up with my Crohn's disease, I usually just won't eat for two or three days and I will just go a hundred percent on, and this is going to sound really weird and I don't recommend this to anybody because I, this is what works for me with my gut illness. 
Um, if you have ulcerative colitis or anything like that, I would actually recommend giving it a shot and seeing how you feel. But I'll do a mason jar full of whatever stock I've made for the day, and then I'll drop in a tablespoon of fat, uh, preferably duck fat because it's so good and nutrient dense. Heat that up on the stove, drop in some like nice Himalayan sea salt, and then just drink it. Drink it like a soup. Mm-hmm. And that thing is going to nourish. And if you have uh, food poisoning, give that a shot. And you will notice almost immediate within a couple of hours benefits and soothing from that, from any pain you're having. Hmm. So uh, fat is great. It helps skin, nail, hair, uh, the function of the gut, the health of the gut. And as that works, it helps everything in the body. Hmm. Um, so that's what definitely what I would say on fats. And the reason I say not to use denatured fats is because those can go into the body and they'll oxidize and they're going to cause a war zone in your gut and they're going to make you feel like crap. That's why people, I mean, eat deep fried chicken and tell me that you feel a hundred percent after that. And like you want to go to the gym and go running. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, tell me about uh, a little bit about with that, uh, all the things you said about putting in your body and things like that. What are, what are, uh, vitamin what do vitamins play a role in that as well um specifically b vitamins because i know b vitamins have a really uh good uh, value for Mm -hmm. mental health the brain the body just in general tell us can you tell us a little bit about that and how those b vitamins are so important for our body or how they benefit oh yeah so funny enough uh meat slam pack full of b vitamins but that's just my bias Mm -hmm. coming out Uh, So let's get into that. So a lot of people will pop a multivitamin, think they're perfectly clear and fine to do whatever they want, or they get their super fancy green powder and they're drinking that and they think they're 100% good to go. Now, I'm not going to condone anyone adding that in. It's never going to hurt you um, unless you're getting some really weird, obscure, super cheap supplement. In that case, I would say spend your money on food. Um, So going into supplementation of vitamins and B vitamins specifically, B vitamins... um, go in and help the energy systems in your cells. So the reason B vitamins are so important is because if you're not getting those in, your energy systems are running low, your metabolism, it directly supports your metabolism, which runs low. And if your powerhouse in your body, everybody knows the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. If your powerhouse isn't working, you're not working. Hmm. You're going to feel lethargic. You're going to feel slow. And that's why you feel so freaking good after a five hour energy shot is because it's just nothing but B vitamins and Hmm. caffeine. Hmm. Um, so you get the super jittery mess, your skin flushes out because of the niacin and you're running rampant. So I would avoid what I call hero dosing, Mm -hmm. which is going like 10,000% over what you need per day, Mm -hmm. um, which is what energy drinks are. But basically that's why you want to get in B vitamin. B vitamins are going to regulate and help the power process of the cell do its job and what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. And without that, it's going to run you down. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely... I'm all in favor of B vitamins or just eating uh, plenty of well-raised and ethically raised meat. Um, A lot of people will jump in and buy a multivitamin and things they don't look at are bioavailability. So uh, all supplements have different bioavailability. If it's a very cheap supplement, they're getting the cheapest sources they can for their vitamins and then combining that into a multivitamin. Um, So if you go with something like Life Extension as a brand, I really enjoy. And so same with Nordic Naturals. Uh, They are sourcing the absolute best and freshest vitamin sources they can, and that increases the bioavailability. Now, what is that? Bioavailability is what is available for your body to consume after it comes in. 
and a lot of supplements that are very, very cheap, they're buying huge bulk powders and that pill may have sat in a warehouse or sat in the factory, then a warehouse, then a distribution center, then the store, then your shelf, Mm -hmm. and then you take it. And now it may tell you that it has a thousand IUs of vitamin D. And by the time you actually take it, it's only 500. And by the time it passes through your stomach, it's a hundred. And then you would have, what you could have gotten by eating two bites of beef liver, uh, you spent ninety dollars mm-hmm. on a fancy bottle of vitamins. Mm-hmm. So, I would definitely, if you're going to supplement, go with something like Life Extension or Nordic Naturals as a brand, and just Google uh, supplement companies with high bioavailability. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'll and I'll I'll link. Um, I know you mentioned one mm-hmm. specific um, like training website mm-hmm. where you could pay a fee, and then. Um, those two supplement websites. I'll link those in the show notes so you guys um, can check those out, um, you know, and, and consider um, those in your move towards um, mm-hmm. better health. Yeah. And I know, mm-hmm. I know also going back to the B vitamins, I know there are some natural ways, like you said, meat would mm-hmm. be one of them. Um, and I know that for sure, B6, uh, natural ways you can eat bananas. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of other B vitamins and bananas that help with that process too. Um, and also from what I know is B6 and most of the other B vitamins help what you're talking about, the serotonin levels, the Mm -hmm. dopamine, things like that. It promotes that, uh, healthy, uh, production of those things in your brain. Mm -hmm. So I think that grabbing a banana every morning is probably a good practice. Just eating one banana in the morning. Would you say that's a good practice to have one banana in the morning or? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely getting in your, your banana, your meat, your vegetables. And that's the reason that I push so hard towards diet is because Mm -hmm. if you can eat it, you're going to get more out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also, and you'll have to Google it. I don't want to expand on it too much and prove ignorant on it, but, uh, there's, I do know that I've read a few studies on, uh, psychiatrists actually using hero doses of B3 to cure or to Mm. help Mm. with people with severe suicidal depression. Mm. And yeah, I would hundred percent stand behind that. Cause if it's the similar with vitamin D3, so many Americans don't even realize they're deficient. I think Mm. it's above 85% Mm. at this point that uh, Americans are deficient in vitamin D because we spend no time outside anymore. Mm-hmm. And people think, well, I went outside and played Frisbee for 30 minutes. And it's like, okay, your ancestors were outside literally mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. all day underneath that sun. And wear your sunscreen, don't get skin cancer. But you need UV sunlight to produce that vitamin D or you need to supplement. And I would actually recommend every human being supplementing vitamin D. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly important. And they even recently found out how important it was in fighting off coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they started recommending that heavily to everyone, which is why you couldn't find it on store shelves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely get in your vitamins. And that brings me to a great point. Okay, there's so many supplements out there. Should I buy everything? No. Uh, if I'm going to give, if I'm going to tell anyone what are the key factors to get and what's going to cover 90% of your base by taking it, as someone who has literally tried every single supplement and tried to hack their way to death, uh, first D vitamin D I'd get a good strong supplement all on its own of just vitamin D and take about 5,000 to 10,000 I use a day, which seems high, but it's really not. After that, I would get a multivitamin, a really high quality multivitamin just to help cover your bases. And then more importantly, after that, I would have people get a probiotic. And why I'm having people get a probiotic is even if I preach it up and down that people should be eating fermented foods, 
actually putting that food in their mouth is a lot different than them mm-hmm. just popping a pill. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can eat your sauerkraut, eat your kimchi, um, make sure that it isn't pasteurized. Pasteurized means they went and killed it and added their own bacteria to it. And it's the same as if you just took a vitamin. Mm-hmm. So you want natural uh, sauerkraut, which you can find. Uh, Bubby's is a great brand if it's in your area. Um, I eat their sauerkraut all the time. Uh, most kimchi isn't pasteurized, so I highly recommend that. And then a lot of your health food stores will have this section with fermented foods in it. I know ours here in town does. Um, and most of the ones I've been to and Whole Foods have an entire fermented food section because luckily this has caught on a lot mm. in the past mm. decade. So definitely eat your fermented foods. And if you just can't bring yourself to eat it because of that tangy flavor, get a really high quality probiotic that is in the freezer section of your store. Um, a lot of people will just grab whatever's on Walmart shelf. I highly recommend going to Whole Foods, some type of health food store, and getting maybe Garden of Life or BioK. Those are two great. Um, there's a Johnson brand that's really good. Um, and just get something that is the highest billion count you can find and as many strains as you can find. Um, and that's just different strains of bacteria, and billion is just the amount of cultured cells that are in each supplement. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we've got you taking your ferment. You're either eating your fermented food, or you're taking a multivitamin, or you're taking a probiotic. So now, how do you make sure that what you're eating right there actually takes root and flourishes in the gut? Um, you need prebiotic fiber, and now this is where people are going to groan because eat your vegetables. Vegetables mm-hmm. are packed in dietary fiber, and people think that dietary fiber just passes through you and that it doesn't do anything no dietary fiber is what feeds the gut microbiome and the reason that people have a gut gut microbiome go out of whack is because bad bacteria can thrive without it Mm -hmm. so if you're not actively feeding the good bacteria the bad bacteria is going to flourish on its own you can Mm -hmm. eat whatever you want and you're going to have a heyday making those um so definitely eat your vegetables to feed your bacteria and the great thing about fermented foods is it's all in one you're getting your dietary fiber as you're getting your uh, bacteria and your probiotics, and you're going to feel a million times better. Like eat a full bowl of sauerkraut and just notice how your brain lights up after the fact. And then the last supplement I would recommend to people is a very high-quality good fish oil. Um, I love Nordic Naturals. I think it's great. I just get a huge bottle of it, and I'll just swig it straight from the bottle every morning. Hmm. Um, I love fish oil. has a ton of beneficial properties especially the lipids in it uh feed and help different processes of the brain but i don't want to go too deep on that and overall those supplements are things that are proven time and time again work and are going to do you a million times better than going to gnc and getting the 150 200 vitamin packs that they try mm-hmm. and sell you mm-hmm. it's just up and you don't want to deal with it So we went over a plate, we went over all the things that you really need to cover supplement-wise, and I can't stress it enough that the connection between the gut and the brain really is what drives everything. When you move, it helps, it's beneficial to the gut. Mm -hmm. Raising your core body temperature, the bad bacteria, some of them die off because of your core body temperature, but the good bacteria thrive in that high temperature. Eating your vegetables, it's going to directly feed and promote those good bacteria because the bad bacteria can't eat them. Mm -hmm. And as they're outpopulated by the good bacteria, your body will start to naturally fight and destroy and then excrete all of the bad bacteria, Mm -hmm. which is why some people might have a flu-like or a weird bad feeling when they first start this transition 
into a healthy lifestyle, they may actually feel worse for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's because your body is purging itself of all these toxins. And I know it's a lot of woo-woo that toxins don't exist. Yeah, they do. It's just your buildup of all the crap you've put in your body that it doesn't know what to do with because it's not natural. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely don't get discouraged if you feel like crap for the first month that you're working out or eating these new foods, your body will adjust and your body will thank you and feel a million times better. And one of the biggest things I like is that helping the gut microbiome has been correlated and proven to naturally fight against Alzheimer's and dementia. Wow. Wow, That's incredible. And it drastically improves your quality of life down the road. And it's similar to investing. If you don't start investing and saving now, you're never going to have that money. If you don't start investing in your health now, you're never going to have it when you're old. And it's yeah. a lot harder to do it when you're older. For sure. Right. You know, I, and I would say to our listeners, um, a lot of these things that we're, we're just giving you tools and resources um, and things like that to start thinking about um, how to live a more healthy, rounded life when it comes to mental health and physical health and things like that. Um, but I would say everybody is different. Everybody's bodies are different. Um, so I would say consult your doctor in combination with this. Go get a full workup. It's good to have... <laughs> you know, annual full workups every Mm -hmm. once in a while, especially uh, an example would be the vitamin D ask for that extra, you know, Mm -hmm. tag on the vitamin B and, 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 uh, excuse me, vitamin D. And you can find out if you actually do have that vitamin D deficiency and things Mm -hmm. like that. So I would say definitely, um, this is a also, I think in correlation with your doctor too, getting those annual checkups, getting those annual blood works and workups, uh, to see how your body's doing, see how you're doing and things like that. So, I mean, if you have any questions, consulting your doctor is a good, a good way to do that too. So, and, and speaking of, you know, consulting, um, I'll link, um, Jared's Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have any questions about any of this stuff, you're interested, um, he told me to let you guys know. Reach out to him. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's willing to ask, answer questions or have a conversation about this stuff. Um, if there's something that you want to go deeper in, um, you know, he's open to you know help answer those questions for you. So, with that, um, Jared. Thanks again so much for coming on and having this conversation and helping our listeners, you know, uh, understand how these things correlate with our mental health and really, you know, framing a holistic approach to our mental health, you know, take care of our physical and our diet life as much as our, our mental. Um, so yeah, man, appreciate it. No worries. It was fun to be here. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. All right, guys. Well... We will catch you guys on the next episode of the podcast. Uh, like always, if you like this podcast and this this episode, um, let us know what you think. Leave us a review, and we will catch you guys next time.